You guys can be seated. So what I also saw is those words spoken by Joe, and I got to admit, as I'm old enough to be his dad, I just felt like, you know, our little boy's grown up, right? I mean, like, we've got to watch him over the past couple years. He's gotten married, and he made his wife cry right before she was supposed to lead a song. That's like what any good husband would do, right? Right? But you as a church, knowing that this was the message, knowing that it was about all of us serving one another, when she got choked up and couldn't sing, you rose to the challenge, right? Yep. And I heard that. I heard your voices swell up. And, and I just, I thought, that's what we're talking about. So you guys are way ahead. That's what we're talking about today. There's a main idea here. I'll put this up for you. We exist as members of a local church to use our talents together as one healthy body. We all suffer when we do not all participate with one another. We all suffer when we do not participate with one another. When I don't use what God has given me to serve you, when Joe and Chanel and, and David and Stephen and whoever else, when they do not use what God has given them to serve us, and more importantly, when you, all of you, do not use what God has given you to serve the church, we're missing, we're not healthy, we're incomplete, and we all suffer. Now, there's people sitting here that think they're incredibly gifted and don't necessarily think somebody else is gifted. And there's people sitting here that think other people are very gifted and that they themselves are not very gifted. And I want you to say that all this today, everything, it's to all of you equally, okay? Whether you get a title or a job or a role on a stage or a role in the background. I came in this morning, there are people cleaning restrooms, right? There are people taking care of children. Some prefer one to the other, Right? There's people singing, some prefer one to the other, right, whatever. But we all serve one another. When any of us are missing, when any of us aren't doing what God has wired us to do, the church is lacking something. So 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to start back in verse 4. We started reading, and I, want to, I just want to walk through this with us today. And it's going to culminate, really, in a call to do something else. And so it'll be a challenge today, if your community groups are starting to meet this month, you can unpack this in your community groups. You can go around and talk about maybe where you're gifted or where you think you might be gifted. But I'm going to call you to something that we're going to come back and do in about three weeks. Okay, so this is, this is just a call to action, and it gives you a next step, if you will. So, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. So, here's what we're talking about. There's there's one church, right? I'm going to say this in a minute. There's one church, really. And, and now, we can't all be a part of the one global church. That means every believer who's ever lived, past, present, and future, that's the, we call that the invisible church. That's what theologians call that. That's the church, capital C, in its biggest fashion, right? Now, it's really hard to be a part of that because we don't live in the past, present, and future, right? We, we live here, and we live in this area, and so God calls us to be a part of a local church, and there is no perfect local church, starting with us, okay? Don't celebrate that so fast, all right? So, uh, no, there, there is clearly flaws in every church. There's flaws in every leader. Not a place for you to clap or anything, just saying, right? There's flaws, right? And there's flaws in every band. There's flaws in every building. And there's flaws in, just in every structure and every organization. There's just there's broken pieces. And that's because broken, sinful, flawed people 
are a part of it. And if, and if we had a perfect church, we couldn't let you in because you'd mess it up too, right? <laughs> to be fair, right? I couldn't be here, you couldn't be here, so we're all good. There's one church, though, that we're supposed to be a part of, right? We're not supposed to bounce from place to place. We're supposed to plug into one place, not a perfect place. Plug into the place that God has called us to. And when we do that, it's going to be imperfect. But that's where God is going to use us to grow the church and the church to grow us. Right? In a flawed church, the flaws also grow you. Or maybe you're a part of fixing the flaw. Right? And then we'll figure out there's more flaws. So there's plenty of work to do. Right? But there's all kinds of ways to serve. That's what this passage is saying. There's all kinds of ways you can plug into a local church. Maybe you sing. They actually, it's in my contract that, I, that I'm not allowed to sing. They heard me sing. There's no way, right? Let's chase everybody off. So I'm not allowed to do that, really. I shouldn't. But then there are people that like to be behind the scenes, people that like to be on the stage. There's people that like to do things during the week. There's people that are administratively gifted, that are, that are ministry, that serve children, that some people that are better with adults, some people that host things in their homes, some people that teach, some people that are hospitable. Like there's all these different ways, but it's saying that we need it all. There's all kinds of varieties of gifts but the same spirit. And there's a variety of service. So not only is there a variety of giftedness, but there's a variety of ways you can take your giftedness and you can serve the church with it, right? And so we often talk about passions, gifting, and, why, and, just, and wiring the way you like to do things. And figuring those things out help us kind of figure out where you best fit in the local church. So verse 6 says this, there's a variety of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. One God, one spirit, lots of people, even more giftedness, and then a ton of ways to live that out. But one God. He wants to make sure that that oneness, even in diversity, that that oneness is highlighted. It says, to each is given, verse 7, the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. So here's what I need you to hear. To each, right? That's not each leader. That's not each guy. That's not each woman. That's to every one of us. Each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. Let me back up. Let me do this through the lens of the gospel. Right? So we talk about the gospel a lot. The gospel is very simple in its essence, but it's very unending in its implication. So the gospel is the idea that you were created by God. You're not some random accident. Right? That there's a God who created you and loves you, designed you. In fact, as we talk about giftings, we talk about design. That your design is different than my design, and that we are that way to complement one another. Right? We're going to get to some examples in a minute. But to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. So you were created to reflect God. It's called the image of God. It's in every one of us. Right? And one of those things, we're all created to worship God. So our lives should bring glory to God. That means when we're driving along the road or going to school or doing our job or sitting in church or whatever we're doing, that our design is to glorify God, but that we're all different. Now, before we get to that, the problem that engages this is sin, right? And, and sin is simply this. There's a way God created you to live, and it's living any other way, on purpose, on accident, whatever, living any other way than what God has called you to is sin. It's sin as a term just means missing the mark. Like here's what God created you for and yet you're over here, you're out of alignment with God. Well, as people, and all of us have done this, we all know this, in fact, if humanity had remained perfect all the way down to me, I'd have been the one to mess it up, 
I just know, like, all of us are wired this way, right? And so each one, all of us, have chosen to go our other way against God. That's all that it's saying. And that's true of every human being since history began. And so in that, there's been that separated relationship. It's like having a marriage with an infidelity. It just breaks and severs that relationship. So it's, it's had that infidelity to God. And so because of that, it has caused a separation between a holy God and a sinful and broken humanity. Now, God said, here's how you're created to live and gave us every, every need that we had in order to live that way. And yet humanity chose to go another direction. And so in that, God said, I don't have to fix this. Like, you chose this, right? Like, you did this. Like, again, imagine the spouse who's been cheated on. She's like, it's not my burden to fix what he or she did. But God, out of love, said, but I don't want to leave it this way. God, like that that benevolent, generous, kind, grace-filled, merciful God said, I don't want to leave this separation. So God became flesh in Jesus. So God the divine put on human flesh so that he could suffer death in our place. And then Jesus lived the life we're called to live, died the death we deserve to die, and was buried in a grave to pay for our sins. To, to reconcile us to God, that forgiveness began that process, right? Then the resurrection, and in that, as Jesus raises from the grave, he gets to give us new life. He, he offers us new life, that if we will take his forgiveness, if we will put on his covering, let his blood wash us clean, if you will, his death forgive our sins. If we will, if we will, if we will live in that, then he promises us this, then I will give you my Holy Spirit, I will forgive you, and I will cause you to be made new. Acts puts it this way. Now imagine, this is, this is Jesus as he's giving those final words before he descends. He says this, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Here's what he says. Now, to his followers, he says, you will, every one of you, receive power. You'll receive the Holy Spirit. So Peter, in the next chapter of Acts, when asked the question, so what do we do to follow Jesus? He says this. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. So all of you are going to get this. Not some of you, not part of you, not maybe, all. I want you to hear this verse that we're in, verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. A lot is said right here, to each, so all of us right? Not just those who will teach on stage or sing on stage, but those who will sit in the back and run the technology that really when they do their best job, you never know they're there, right? Those who are over there serving our children so we can pay attention, when they do their job, we don't even know they're there. Whether it's here, there, during the middle of the week, here cleaning, here serving, here making sure everything runs on time, all that to each, all of us is given that, some piece of that, a manifestation of the Spirit, one piece, not necessarily just one, but you're given a piece of what the Holy Spirit wants to see in the church, a manifestation of the power of God in you, listen, for the common good. Not for just your good, not for my good, as a for our good, for the common good. So we all get pieces. Imagine we're like this box of puzzle pieces, right? And we shake them all and we divvy them out. God divvies out these puzzle pieces. And the job is that we're supposed to come together and put our piece where it goes. 
When we all do that, you get a picture. What happens when we don't do it? Right? The picture suffers. The image suffers. The image of God here suffers. Because to each is given a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Variety. There should be variety, or diversity is a common way of saying. There's a large, large variety of ways that we can serve a local church. And all of them are empowered by God for the common good. Now, as you leave that up there just for a second, Ashley, here's what I want you to hear. Churches will often come to you and say, hey, we have a need, right? We need someone to help here. Hey, we don't have enough bass players, or we don't have enough children's workers, or we don't have somebody to come in and turn on the coffee this morning. That is just a private joke for the people who got it, or for those of you that are like, I still haven't gotten coffee and I'm tired, right? So, okay. You're not serving us. You're serving us, right? This is your church, not my church, right? Like, I get to play one role. That's it. And just because I get to stand up here, because I got a, a job or a tie, that doesn't mean this is our church. Without you, we're lacking. With you, we're better. And that's all of you. Because some of you were thinking, like, I don't know that I have anything to offer. Well, in, in, either you have something to, off, to offer the church, or God's wrong. <laughs> so shoot the, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just saying, like, it's one or the other. Verse 8, for, there is, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. Now, a lot of these get hived off into things people call power gifts, and that's not necessarily what is being talked about, but that's for another day. Here's what he's saying, like some get this, some get that. Some do this, some do something else. That's all he's saying, right? Not that this is an exclusive list of what cool kids get, or like you got one of these for sure, maybe you didn't, maybe you got something else, right? Because there's multiple lists within the Bible that just list out, and they're not supposed to be the all-inclusive list of this is the sum total of what God gives away. They're just throwing out ideas, right? Like, hey, some do this, some do that, some do this, some do that. Like, this is where you are. I love that the one that's different, it says gifts of healing. Like, no one person just can heal anyone. Amen. Like, that's Jesus' job. Amen. Right? But some will speak wisely. Some will speak God's truth with God's authority. That's what prophecy is. That's not necessarily future telling, just God's truth right here in the moment. Right? Some will teach. Some will be good with language. Some will, it just, there's just different gifts. That's all Paul is saying. Some get this, and some get that. Notice there's no hierarchy. There's no favorability. There's just an idea that, like, hey, some people are like this, and some are like that. Some serve in the background, some serve on the stage. Some serve on Sundays, some on Wednesdays. It's okay. Verse 11, all these, and this is why you can say this is what's most important. All these are empowered by, the one, and, by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now, who's he? The Spirit. Remember, the Spirit is a he, a person, not a force like a Jedi has, right? 
Like the Holy Spirit is the he, it's the third person of the Trinity. Apportion each one as God chooses. God, the Holy Spirit, apportions as he wills. So you've got what God wants you to have. And, and I would say that you've got what God wants you to have because collectively, we don't have that without you. Or we don't have enough of it without you. And so it's not surprising to God that you're here today. It didn't catch God off. I might be surprised. You might be surprised I'm here. I don't know. But God knew this. And God knew collectively who would call Generations Church home. And I know that that's been a fluid thing. As we've sent out other churches, as we've moved, some people have said, you know, this tribe, this, this just, you move further away. Like, we're going to try and find something closer. Or we need this, or you do that, or whatever, right? Like, none of that surprises God. But God has called us to be together and wired us, gifted us uniquely that we could fulfill one another, serve one another, make one another whole. And I want you to hear this. Without you, we're not whole. And you, without me, we're not whole. Verse 12 says, For just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. This reminds us that the thing that unites all of us is Jesus. See, here's what's great. None of us, none of us with backgrounds that are great, with backgrounds that are horrible, with backgrounds that are anywhere in the middle, can be here apart from Jesus. None of us are good enough. If you're our guest here today and you don't necessarily know what we believe or what we think or how we live or what we do, here's what I can tell you for sure. We are all not perfect. We are all flawed, sinful, and broken. I made that pretty clear. That means we continue to be broken and make mistakes and flawed. And, and let's not like leave our, absolve ourselves. I mean like choose to do wrong things. Like we're all still sinful people. But Christ. But because of Jesus, his life and death and resurrection, because of Jesus, we all have that in common. That's what's amazing. This is the place where like unlikely people become really close friends. Oddly connected like Marcia and I, really. I mean, like, that's an odd connection, I gotta say, right? I mean, but she loves me, and I'm learning to love her a lot. <laughs> Boots and all. Rams, turtles, and all. But uh, anyhow, so uh, that we are united around Christ. Without Jesus, we just wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be following God. We wouldn't probably be friends. And for sure, we wouldn't be worshiping together. That we are united in Christ, right? For in one spirit, verse 13, we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. We're baptized into one body. Now, people treat baptism as if you are baptized into the global universal church, the invisible church I talked about earlier, and not into one body. But you are baptized into a body, a representation of the local church, right? We don't tend to baptize people that don't go here. And that's because really we're, we're including them in this family, right? You can go anywhere and be baptized, but you should be baptized into the family you choose, into the family that God has brought you to, right? This one you call home, right? Where we worship together, where we celebrate together. And that doesn't mean, hey, you're here every Sunday, you can't visit another church, can't go be with your family on Mother's Day. I don't mean any of that. I just mean that like, this, is, this is home. 
And this is what he's saying. You were baptized into this body. You stood up and you identified yourself with the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. You did that in a, in a body, a local church. He says, and that really reminds us, whether we're Jew or Greek, slave or free, and, and imagine that today. Today, if we say that, it's whether we're black or white, right? Poor or rich, whatever our background is, wherever we're born, whatever it is, that unites us. Your politics have to get put aside. The first language you were born speaking has to get put aside. How much your paycheck is or is not gets put aside. And everything says that we all unite here around Christ, through baptism, and we need one another. That we are incomplete without one another. We are one. If you're a note taker, I've probably said all this already, but yes, we are different, but we are not to be seen as separate. We're called to overcome differences of ethnicity, age, I forgot that one, status and giftedness by reminding ourselves that we are one in the Spirit because of Christ. It's one of the things people comment about. As our church has become primarily uh, the number one age group in our church is millennials. That's odd for a church. It's not common for a church. Churches tend to be older. Uh, our church started out as older and grew younger. That almost doesn't ever happen either. Church doesn't have one common ethnicity. We've talked about it. It's closely a third white, a third Hispanic, a third Asian, which is really what our neighborhood kind of looks like, right? With a scattering of other folks that call this church home. But the thing that gets commented on most is that we're multi-generational that you'll have seniors sitting next to millennials or you'll have whole families in an aisle. And that that doesn't always happen. And, and I, I have to give credit to the older folks here. <laughs> One person loves you. <laughs> but that's okay, you probably didn't hear them anyhow. So anyhow, but uh, listen, the older folks that are here they're the ones that have put up with the changing worship styles, the changing images, the loss of pews, the adding of chairs, all the things we've done. The worshiping in a high school. Because we're united around Christ through baptism in one church. And I think the older folks have given more than anybody else has. But to their credit, as you mature in your faith and in your life, that's what you should do. And they've risen to that challenge. So I just, I'm to say, and that's the reason we're called generations, is we stand on the shoulders of those who came before us, the generations that came before us, and we look to reach and serve the next generation, right? And so it's because of them. It's because of those folks that we can be here. Verse 14, for the body does not consist of one member but many. The foot should say, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand and I not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye and I not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? Right? If we, saw our, if we saw everybody around us, like as members of a body, hands and feet and eyes and ears, I know it just got creepy. It's weird. I got it. But Paul is making a simple point. If there were no torso or head or ears or eyes and everybody was fingers, get past what it would look like because it's kind of creepy, right? But just think how little we could do. So he's making the, a, a weird and kind of a, an obvious and redundant point, but that's what he's trying to do. In his rhetoric, he's just saying, do you understand how dumb it is to think, well, if I don't do this, then I'm not really part of the body. Or if you don't do this, you're not really part of the body. He's saying, if that's the case, where's your sense of hearing or sight or, or anything? Where would that be? 
He's reminding us that nobody says, well, I've got 10 fingers. I don't mind giving up two. Now, a really sacrificial person might give a part of an organ, God bless them, to serve the whole. But none of us are thinking, I have 10, I have too many fingers, right? I need two and an opposing thumb, I should be good, right? <laughs> like, this is obvious, and yet we don't live this way. And so he's just saying, remember, you're a part of a body, and that metaphor is, is to teach you how important you are to one another. Maybe you don't know what a spleen does, but somebody knows what that does, Right? It's still necessary. For a body does not consist of one member, but many. That's his point. Just remind us that we consist of many different varied pieces that make us all a whole body. Verse 18, but as it is, God's arranged the members of one body, each of them as he chose. So here's what you need to hear, and especially those of you that struggle to figure out your role here. God chose you to be you for a reason, for a purpose, that you're wired the way you are because God wants you to be, because he thinks we need you, and again, either he's right or we're right, and I'm going to assume that if we're right and he's wrong, he's right, right? Like, that's, it's going to have to be this way. If either God is right or our weird thinking is right, and I'm just going to err on the side of God and just say, you know what? You're here because God put you here because God wired you in such a way that I need you. Now, somehow you need me. Verse 19, it says, if all were a single member, where would the body be? We've already talked about it. Verse 20, as it are, there are many parts, yet one body. Now, he is repeating this theme. He is, he's kind of drilling this down to everybody, saying, listen, many members, one body, many giftings, one spirit, many ways to serve, one church, Right? One but many, over and over again, and reminding us, listen, we have a body we can look to and understand. So listen, I need my heart, I need my kidneys, I need skin, otherwise everything would fall apart, right? Like, I need a head, I need ears, I need eyes, like, this all makes sense to me. Now we got to figure out, okay, so who's the ears? Like, who's the heart? And what's the, what's, who, who are the ones that keep everything all together? And who gives us strength and who gives us feeling, and who, gives, who, who leads us, who thinks through things with us? So as we take this, we begin to ask the question, well, what am I and, and what are you? And how do we begin to serve one another? So it needs to be a value for one another. We need to see everyone around us as integral to our own faith as we do any leader or pastor. And I'm not assuming you think that, but most people see a function for a leader or a pastor. We need to see everyone as important as that. We also need to see our own contribution to the local church here is as necessary as having limbs, senses, and organs. Now, you don't have to answer this out loud, but do you see yourself as important as a part of your body? Like, do you see your role like an organ or a sense or a body part that you and your own body need to make the whole thing right? And if you don't, you need to hear these words. And I'll say this as, as a even maybe even stronger rebuke, if you don't see the person, the other people here as that important to you, you need to see this too, right? I've often used the example of children's ministry because we can't see them right now, but every one of us is grateful there's not toddlers running around, right? Just one toddler up here with a microphone, right? I mean, that's all we got enough, right? Says the mom, right? <laughs> right? They're there so that we can be. In fact, they're missing church today 
they're missing this so that you don't have to. How important is that? How important is it that you serve them too? Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Let me pause there. People showed up here before every one of you. They show up early and they clean the restrooms. I know they are. They show up every week and they're in there cleaning the restrooms. Now, how many are grateful for them? How many really don't want to do that job? Okay. But they show up here and you don't even know who they are. And they serve every week. And they make sure the restrooms are all clean for obvious reasons to serve us. Right? So I'm just going to say thank you to them. And I'm just going to say we, we, we don't even know who they are most of the time. But there are all kinds of people, the people that show up that do make the coffee, that pick up the donuts, that put out the things, that set up the chairs, the guy that comes in two days before or a day before, and he, and he sweeps the car, I mean, vacuums the carpet and cleans up. All the people that do all those things that you never see, they do that hoping you never think about them. That you just show up and the connection card's behind the chair and the Bible's under the chair and that the lyrics are right and that my slides got edited this morning because they were not right. And that there's no stuff on the floor that you're thinking, oh, that shouldn't be there. Like all those, if they do their jobs, you'll never even think about them. How do we get to serve them? On the contrary, the parts of the body seem to be weaker or indispensable, as we was talking about. And those parts of the body we think less honorable, we'd bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have some care, the same care for one another. Right? I love that line that there may be no division in the body, right? That we would not see someone who cleans toilets as any less important as someone who watches kids or sings in the band, right? That we need them. That the person who vacuums does an honorable and godly job because he serves here out of his heart cleaning this place. And that we serve him or them or the folks that clean the restrooms or the kids ministry or whatever, We serve them out of that same thing. There'd be no division, that we'd all be healthy. If one member suffers, verse 26, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Here's what we're talking about. Those who come and think their contribution is not enough, or that, hey, this isn't important. When we honor them, we're all better. And when we don't honor them, we all suffer. And I want you to hear this. If you're here today, I want you to hear that the, either you or the person next to you, like without you or without them, we suffer. We're incomplete without each other. That if you don't have a role here, we are lacking. And you were lacking. You were lacking doing the thing that God has equipped you, that the Holy Spirit chose for you to do. Not me, but that God, the Holy Spirit, wired you to do. Whatever that might be. And that we all suffer. So the whole body suffers. We need to understand how serving one another makes us all complete. When we don't all serve, we all suffer. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. You are the body of Christ. You are the local church. That's what he's saying. The body of Christ is the local church. You are that, right? 
So let me, I want to close this up. And I said, this is going to be a call to something else. And so normally, there's a few things you can take with you and unpack and figure out what does it look like for me to live out whatever I felt convicted about in the Sunday message. So I want to do it a little differently today. So let me just run through these last slides. First one. Where do you serve? So using your talents here in the church facilitates your growth in Christ. I want you to hear that serving is a part of your, your growth, right? It's a part of your sanctification. You're becoming more like Jesus, right? Well, growing others as well, and you contribute to everyone else. A healthy local church for one another and one that can reach the community around us is what we miss without you. So if you're not a part of that, our church isn't what it needs to be. And, and, and you're missing a piece of your growth and we're missing a piece of our growth, right? Next slide. Filling a gap. There's often a need you can fill in the church. It's often a good place to start. However, staying in a role that you are not suited to, see, that's why I need an editor, suited for too long, whatever that's supposed to be in English, suited for too long can be burdensome and unfulfilling. So here's what I'm saying. So a lot of times there's a need, a lot of times there's a hole you can fill, right? A gap you can plug, right? There's something you can do, and there, that is a good and godly thing to do. But let me suggest that you filling a need that isn't really rightly suited to you, when you do that for too long, it can burn you out. It can become burdensome and not joyful. And so obviously we should be finding something you're suited for. So next slide. Using your talents, finding out where you're, how you are wired, what you are passionate about and what you're good at allows you to find a place in the church you can thrive in. Filling a need is great, but we desire to see each person serve where they best fit. So there's a, there's a phrase from an author who's a friend of ours, a uh, friend of mine, and, and has done stuff with us quite a bit, uh, who talks about gift-based serving, right? And just serving out of your giftedness. So serving about where you're passionate, right, where you're, where you're, where you're gifted, where things you're good at, places you would thrive in. And we, if it's serving the church, whether it's cleaning a restroom, serving kids, preaching on a stage, running sound, doing whatever, whatever it is, we want, you to th- we want that to bring joy to you. There is, there is nothing wrong with filling a gap for a while, right? And, and sometimes that's a great place to start. You begin to make friends. Maybe you don't even know what you're good at. Maybe you don't know how you would serve a church. So there's a place where you can fill in and you can start figuring out that piece, right? Doing that too long to become burdensome and not joyful. So finding these things out help us to help plug you into places that you would thrive in. Imagine a life-giving service to the church. Last slide, I think. Connecting point step three. You heard this announcement earlier, and this is what I just want to call you to. We're inviting everyone to spend 90 minutes together on February 10th learning where you're passionate, gifted, and how you're wired to use your talents for the local church. We're asking you to come and be a part. I don't care if you've been here since Jesus was a little boy. doesn't matter, (laughs) right? We are inviting you to come and do this. If you've been through this before, great. People change. Stages of life change. Things change. Now you're passionate about new things. Come and do this. And, and so there's a link on the app. You can ask Joey. You can uh, we, come find me, and I'll, and I'll find it for you. But there's a way to fill that out and just come. We'll, have, we'll send you something you can do on your own at home, and then we'll come. We'll spend 90 minutes together just unpacking that and saying, okay, you've got this. Maybe this would be a good way to do that. Maybe this would be a good way to serve. I got to meet with a woman last week and, and just said, well, she, first, well, like, what are your needs? So we did that. And then I just asked her a little more about who she is. And then we found something we think might be good. Now, it may not work, right? We'll try it next week. She's going she to walk through some things. If it's a good fit, great. If it's not, no big deal. No harm, no foul. We'll find something else. Amen. Well, why not try and find a place you can serve 
a place you can contribute to the whole because we need you, not because we need you to serve the church, but because we as a church need you to grow and be who we're called to be. Why not find a place that makes you really excited to come and be a part? How about we figure out what it is God the Holy Spirit has done inside you and we fan that fire? Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We are honored to be here, a part of your church. This is not my church. This is not the elders' church or the deacons' church. Jesus, this is your church. And we have the privilege of serving you by serving one another. Help us to figure out what that looks like, please. Help us as a church, uh, as, as, as we are wired together as our leadership, help us to find and create ways uh, based on every person that walks through the door that we would, we would grow and change with each person, that we would get stronger in new areas. And Lord, as you will, as we send people out, uh, as we help plant churches or, or even as people move and leave state, do all the different things that people go through in their lives, Lord, let us send people out that know what makes them excited to serve. Serving a church wouldn't be an obligation, Lord, that it would be a place where we, we love what we do. Lord, I, I, I will just be honest, I love what I do. And I love these people. And Lord, there are hard days, just like there's easy days and fun days and tough days. But I, I wouldn't want to do anything else. Let us as a church find ways that we can all say that together. Jesus, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.